You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Now, write this down. Culture versus soul winning. So, culture versus soul winning. Now, anytime you will go for soul... I, the reason why we don't have evangelism department in this church. So, when I'm teaching on any of these things, it's for the whole church. Because everybody is meant to go out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. And I'm actually even going to speak to that in my message. Yes. So, I really want to see that everybody is going on evangelism. Yeah. And I want to see your reports and everything. You don't know what you're doing, but you're doing a massive work. You have no idea. Praise God. Yes, you have no idea. You have no idea. Give me 1 Corinthians 9.22, Galatians 2.3, Acts 16, verse 3. Acts 17, verse 1 to 23. Yeah. So, 1 Corinthians 9, 22. Galatians 2, 3. Acts 16, 3. Acts 17, 1 to 23. All right. So, give me the New Living Translation of this one. The New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 9, 22. Okay. Let's all go. Everybody read it. This is Apostle Paul. He says what? When I am weak, uh, when I, I am with those who are weak, mm-hmm, I share their weakness. Mm-hmm, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. Now, every human being lives within a culture. Every human being lives within what? A culture. So, Apostle Paul, because he understands that within the cultures of human beings, you find their strengths and their weaknesses. You find their values and also their expectations. What you actually see as good is the same you would find either weakness or strength. In that same, you would also have expectations. So if you ask somebody and they say, I want to be a doctor. Within their culture, being a doctor is good. Is that okay? So the moment he says that, it gives him an expectation. And then you see his value. He values doctors. Is that very clear? So it tells you that within the culture, they value doctors. Assuming the person says, I want to be a thief. Everybody will shout, how? Because within the culture, being a thief is not an accepted norm. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Good. So Paul says that, 
when you see human beings, they have needs, and their needs become their weakness. Is that very clear? Good. So, because of their weaknesses, they would want to listen to you if you offer solution to that weakness. Is that true? Is that how we all listen to people? Okay, good. So, because of that, he says, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. If you are not careful, you think that Paul is saying, if the person has a certain negative weakness, I also do it with them. That's not what he's saying. What he means is that I empathize with them in whatever weakness they have. Praise God. So you see, he does not judge them. He does not what? Is that very clear? He does not judge them. So when you see people and they are preaching, you, you are a gossip. You are a liar. Jesus wants to save you. No, Paul says you don't do that. That's not how Jesus does it. Is that very clear? Okay, good. So, watch what he says. He says, for I want to bring the weak to who? So, what is the motivation? To save them. Does he know they are weak? Does Christ need the weak then? So, you must understand that every soul you go to win is weak. Do you realize that most of us go to win souls and we see them already as strong? <laughs> so, you see, when they tell you lies, you give up on them. When they, you call them and they swerve you, you give up on them. You are not ready to share in their what? Weakness. You see where the problem is. They ask you for money. And the moment they ask you for money, you think that that's all they came for. So, what do you do? You let go of them. No, no. You may not have money to give to them, but let them know how you share in their what? Weakness. When you show it, they will know. They will know that you are sharing in their weakness. Thank you very much. If you are not careful and you make them feel like they are... Their weakness is a bedding on you. Ah, I got it. You lose them. The reason why Christ needs them is because of their weakness. Did he say he did not come for the strong? He said he came for what? The weak. He said he did not come from the, for the righteous. He came for what? The unrighteous. Is that very clear? So check your expectations off. The people you want to win. You have a false expectation of them right from the word go. It doesn't matter their status in society. It doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter their intellectual prowess. Whatever it is, they are weak. Praise God. They are what? Weak. The, the, the word weak there is the same as the word fragile. Fragile. <laughs> is that very clear? Yeah. Fragile. So that's why he said, I try to find what? A common ground with everyone. A common ground. Say a common ground. a common ground. The Holy Spirit will help you if you depend on him to find that common ground. All right. Is that, is that very clear? Say, I will find a common ground. 
by the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will also help you to observe the situation. So when you go, observe people. Observe the things they are doing. Listen to their language, what they are saying, what they are not saying. Listen. Engage them where they want to be engaged. Now, Paul is by no means saying, I will find a common ground just because he wants to win them so he would compromise the gospel. No, he doesn't compromise the gospel. But he will find a common ground that will fit in the gospel. That will do what? Fit in the gospel. Is that very clear? So the common ground doesn't mean do something that is at variance to the gospel. It rather means that you find something they do, something they love within the community, or that person loves, that fits into the gospel. Is that very clear? Okay. Or you find something that would link them to the gospel. Something they do, something they love, that would link them to the gospel. So the first Something that they love or do that fits. If you can't find one, you can still find something that they love, they do, that will link them to the gospel. Link them to the gospel. Okay. So, I'm going to give you two scenarios. Look at Galatians 2.3. At this time, here, they were saying that people should be circumcised and then they will get born again. Now, circumcision for the Jews, is it a cultural matter? Okay. But is circumcision a qualifier for salvation? No. So look at Apostle Paul here. Go. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So what it means here is that they wanted him to be circumcised because for the Jews... If you are not circumcised, you can't be saved. That was the mentality. <laughs> are you getting the point? So Paul had to argue it out and say, oh no. He doesn't need to be what? Circumcised before what? Salvation. Is that very clear? Why is it so? Because for the Greeks, circumcision is not part of their culture. So Paul is saying, don't use circumcision to hinder these people from being what? Saved. Is that very clear? Because circumcision will now be a hindrance to the gospel. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Okay. Now, look at another scenario. Give me the next. Acts 16.3. Go. Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him. Watch. Because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. So now, Paul was going to minister to the Jews. He is using a man called Timothy, a young boy, because the Jews believe that circumcision is very important, and that's their culture. Paul asked Timothy to be what? Circumcised. To fulfill the cultural obligation of the Jews so that they can listen to him. Ah, are you here? So you see where it says, 
to the weak, I become what? Weak. And I find a common ground. Is it painful to be circumcised? Oh, is it painful? Is it painful to be circumcised? So, but Timothy did it. Why did he do it? For the sake of the gospel. Because of love for souls. Are you getting it? Are you here with me at all? All of you are thinking about it. Yes, I know. So you see, to what extent would you go? To what extent would you go? Would you go? Wow. So he had to compromise. That was a big one, right? Is that a big one? Yeah. Just a, and he did it for the sake of the gospel. Okay. Look at Acts 17, 1 to 23. Acts 17, 1 to 23. Now, these are the people of Athens. <clears throat> now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. So this is how the church of the Thessalonians was founded. Is that very clear? Okay. Where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Next. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. From the scriptures means from the old word Testament. The Jews are fond of the Old Testament. That is what they know as the sacred writings. He reasoned. Say he reasoned. Check the word. He what? Reasoned. He did not go to rubbish them. He reasoned. In other words, he would listen to them. In the listening to them, he can now find a way out to be able to minister to them. Is that very clear? He didn't go to bully them. He didn't go to argue with them. No. Reason. For three Sabbaths. Explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. Next. And some of them were persuaded. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks. And, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. Next. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Next, next. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason. Next, 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 next. Come here. So that I'll make it quick and fast. Give me 17. Come Give me Okay, give me verse 17. Uh -huh. Okay, so let's go. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers mm -hmm. and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. So you see the word reasoned again. Okay, next. Then setting a Picurian and stoic philosophers encountered him. Now, look at the people. They are philosophers. Clear. Who are philosophers? Lovers of wisdom. They are thinkers. So they like thinking. You are going to see something that is very important. Look at what they say. What does this babbler want to say? Thinkers. So, they saw him as what? A babbler. 
Okasa by heart. What is he trying to say? What does he know? Because that's they are thinkers. Is that very clear? Uh -huh. What does he know? What was he trying to say? Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. So he did not change the gospel. Is that very clear? He did not what? Change the gospel. He preached Jesus and what? His resurrection. Okay, next. And they took him and brought him to Erapagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. They are thinkers. Now they want knowledge. Watch this. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. Now, look at the culture of the people. Look at the culture. Everybody go. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Now, it, it is so much of a culture that even foreigners who are now there, that's what they do. They always want to hear what? Something new. It's, it's become a culture. It's become a culture. So look at how Apostle Paul is going to approach it. Next. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considered the objects of your worship. As a matter of fact, if you read earlier pages, Luke, when he was writing, said that the whole of Thessalonica, they are giving to idols. Idols. They are giving to idols. What he means is, everywhere you go, you see idols. This is what he was actually referring to here. The objects of your worship. The objects of your worship. Are you getting the point? Uh -huh. The objects of your worship. Not idols all over the place. He didn't call them what? I thank you very much. He said, you are very religious. And say she. He doesn't spoil anything. He called them what? Religious. Are they worshipping idols? Yes. He found a generic term that would be, not be an insult. Next, I even found an altar with this inscription. Then he picked one that will help him communicate his message clearly to the unknown God. What is he doing here? He finds one inscription on one of the altars that will speak to their culture. They are thinkers. So it means that there is something they want to know. And he can help them Think through it and bring knowledge to Because the people are people who want to hear new things every time. Am I communicating? So you see, he didn't just go there and say, I have the Holy Ghost. And then he said, started just preaching. And then things are happening. No. He knew the people. Praise God. He understood the people. Is it making sense? Okay. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing. Did he see them worshiping God? Yes. But he said you are worshiping one that what? They are thinkers. They want to know. They are lovers of wisdom. So he's found their weak spot. 
He's going to share their weakness with them. Is that very clear? Him I proclaim to you. Don't forget. When we read 1 Corinthians 9, let's go back to 9.22. He said, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things for, to all men. Is he showing example of that? Watch this. That I might by all means what? Save all. Some. So in all of this, it's not everybody that will be what? Saved. So at the end of Acts 17, some were saved. Some were not. But he's been able to win some. Is that very clear? So you see, never preach the gospel without having the culture of the people in mind. Never. Whether it's an individual or a community. Thank you very much. Now, if you also go to somebody and the person says, I want to come to church because of material things. This is the answer you give to the person. Write it down. Tell the person this. You can pray to ask God to meet your needs or your material needs wherever you are. Wherever you are. You can pray to God to meet your material needs wherever you are. You are not done, no. But it is not the reason you go to church. It is not the reason you go to church. Ask them this. How much do you know the God you are asking from? How much do you know the God you are asking from? And then tell them, there are special blessings for Christians that are above money, that are above money, that are above money. They are eternal and spiritual blessings that can only be found in Christ. They are eternal and spiritual blessings that can only be found in Christ. So when you receive Christ in a microsecond, God forgives all your sins and gives you his spirit and makes you like Christ and makes you like Christ. God in Christ has forgiven all your sins and gives you his spirit and makes you like Christ. So in church, as we teach Christ, you will begin to reveal your new nature so you can live like him and get to spend eternity with him. So in church, as we teach Christ, you will begin to reveal your new nature so you can live like Christ and get to spend eternity with him. Praise God. Are we all very clear? Grace, glorious grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.